Bongo Ghost. Welcome to the Up Next program, the only podcast that used to take rides in your American muscle car. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined, as always, by the only ray of sunshine in this dark and dismal world, the one, the only, Andy. Andrew. Andy. We, we're, yep. yep. We're, <laughs> sunshine. We continue to nail the intro every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's somehow it gets better in some ways, but mostly yeah. shitty in other ways. Hey, Andy, how the hell are you? I'm fantastic. Um, as we were saying before, I've never been more just fine and calm. Uh, I quit my job. <laughs> Did you? Does Does that yeah. mean that you? And we can cut this out if you don't want to talk about it. Does that mean you got the other job? No, I did. I awesome! Did. Congrats. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't just quit out of being like, look I mean, this. That like, would have been a ball move, my, but my oh, I'm too, I'm too scared to. Even if I was like totally in the right and completely fed up, I don't have a safety say, net. It's, it's good to have uh, a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, you know, um, I have, I have my morals, but I also want to have a roof over my head. Um, which unfortunate <laughs> that you have to fucking pay for that, right? Um, but. Yeah, I got a new gig. Uh, should be fine. Be fun. I got cast in the Shamilton musical, which is an improvised parody of Hamilton. So people like give suggestions of a famous, like a celebrity or a historical figure, and we just do a Hamilton esque improv musical about this person. <laughs> so I did not think I would get in, so I'm very excited. That's awesome. Congrats. So when you said Shamilton, um I'm guessing that's like because it's a, a sham, right? But my first thought was like, oh, it's like a gender bent like <laughs> where all the characters are 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 she hers. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that's a that's a clever way of taking that. No, I think you know, I think it just was a funnier way instead of saying Hamilton the parody. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I like it. I like it. That's exciting. What about you, man? What is new in your life? How is everything? Um, I would say I'm fine. Hmm, part of the course. <laughs> Except for last week when you just totally were like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, a hey, grumpy little shit. Someone once said, I think only one person's ever said this, that um, honest, open communication is really important. So I'm just trying to, to embrace that advice. Hmm. Mm, that's mm. beautiful i also am trying to get a new job but uh, i do not know yet if i will have it i feel like this process has been going on for like a month it's very annoying (laughs) yeah there's this one job i was interviewing for and i applied to it in late december still in the interview process (laughs) you Mm. know it's wild no one wants to work they say i mean i don't so they're so they're not wrong (laughs) they strike again yeah (laughs) damn it them and their rightness Mm -hmm. but hey we're not here to talk about them well i guess we're here to talk about a different group of them um but we're here to talk about 
the Menzingers and their 2012 record on the Impossible Past. I read that it just turned 10. I know that was total coincidence, but um, I was happy with how that turned out. I guess this will come out a bit after the anniversary. I think it was February 21st, this album turned 10. Um, But that was cool. There was a lot of retrospective pieces that came out uh, for the anniversary because this was a pretty impactful album in certain corners of the punk scene. So that was kind of cool to have some stuff to read along with this. Maybe I'll even throw some of those into show notes. Ooh, because you know what people who listen to podcasts love? Reading. (laughs) Notoriously, people open up their podcast player and they're like, you know, before I I mash the play button, I'm going to go read. What words could I listen (laughs) with my eyes? (laughs) Use it or lose it, folks. Okay. Also, I'm sitting at my drum set right now, like with random things, so... Oh, but I have literally, I have foam things that my computer's sitting on top of, on top of my snare drum, mm-hmm. so I can't do like, Bats! whenever you say something very <laughs> funny. But I can do wood blocks. I'll take it. I'll <laughs> take what I can get. Uh, so this was clearly uh, my nomination, so I guess let me give a very quick background on the band and the record. Um, so... The artist is The Menzingers. The Menzingers are Greg Barnett on vocals and guitar, Tom May on vocals and guitar, Eric Keane on bass, and Joe Godino on drums. So I just got to say, I love a band that has two lead singers that, you know, take turns on different tracks. Um, But also embarrassingly, I did not realize that that was the case for this band until I saw them in concert a few years back. <laughs> and like, I thought Greg was the only vocalist because I think any like YouTube videos I watched of them playing or music videos, it was always his songs. And I think they sound similar enough where you could just think, oh yeah, that's the same guy. Oh, singing. I thought it was one person until you told oh, okay, me this. Yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't feel so dumb. But no. yeah, like on the, on the second song of the set when Tom started singing, I was like, hey, that's not, that's not right. <laughs> <clears throat> Turns out that was very right. Um, so they were formed in 2006 in Scranton, Pennsylvania, uh, and are now based in Philadelphia. Uh, I enjoyed this factoid. Actually, it's not a factoid. It's just a fact. Three of the four members previously played uh, together in a ska band called Bob and the Saggots, which I thought was a pretty clever uh, name. Didn't he just die? He did, then? yeah. You know, uh, what would have been clever if it was Bob and the Sack Butts? Because Sack Butt is a type of medieval trombone. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Bob and the Sax It's Saxophone? Ska? I don't know. No? Mm. Mm. We, bo- we both missed the mark, <laughs> if that makes you feel better. Not just you. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not the one that's theoretically qualified to be funny, so I feel less bad. Bob and the Saxes. <laughs> thank you um so uh the menzingers have put out seven studio albums to date uh with the first one releasing in 2007 and their most recent in 2020 uh this record we're listening to or talking about tonight as previously discussed came out in 2012 um and for me this is definitely my favorite album of theirs probably closely followed by the follow-up um 2014's rented world also very good record check it out 
So Andy, listener, you might be asking yourself, or asking me, what do the Menzingers do? What kind of music do they play? I've been asking, Uh, yes, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. So according to Wikipedia, they play punk, indie, emo, and Heartland Rock. Which Heart, I thought was, Heartland Rock. <laughs> yeah, which um, is a genre that I probably had never heard described as such, but I think as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh yes, that is what that genre is. Like Midwest emo. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Which I've also heard uh, this band described as Midwest emo, even though I don't think... That's interesting. Speaking, I would not... Yeah, I would... Or no, no, I've heard them called Midwest Punk, not Midwest Emo. Interesting. Uh, I've not heard the distinction of Midwest Punk before. This is new to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about like our, our faves, the Lawrence Arms and, you know, Dillinger 4, quintessential Midwest Punkers for me. So, uh, yeah, just really quickly, because I've been very excited to talk about this band and this record since like before we started the podcast. This has always been on my list. I vividly remember when I learned of this band. I was, the year was 2014. I was in my old apartment watching YouTube videos of other punk bands. And I was watching some live video of band of the show, the Lawrence Arms. And uh, one of them, like, I think it was from a tour where the Menzingers opened for them. And, you know, they, they gave them a shout out, like, thanks to the Menzingers. And but I think it was Brendan Kelly was saying, you know, the, thanks to the Menzingers, one, one of the best bands out there right now. And I was like, whoa, like. I got to check them out if he's calling them one of the best bands out there. So I did. And uh, yeah, I liked them a lot. And when I realized that I've been listening to them since 2014, it really bummed me out because in my mind, they're still one of like the new bands to me <laughs> that I've like just gotten into. <laughs> it's like, jeez, uh, time flies, whether you're having fun or not. Jesus. <laughs> Time's arrow uh, marches yeah. on. Uh, so anyway, um, this album, like I said, was pretty impactful in the the punk and emo circles. It's sitting at 93 on Metacritic. Uh, it was their third studio album, and I think it marked a pretty significant change in sound for them. Their previous two records were much more, much more of a punk influence, much more sort of angry and aggressive sounding, I think. Um, and this one, actually, I was reminded a lot of Home Video by Lucy by lucky dacus uh when listening to this because that was also like an album focused on the past and sort of nostalgia and things like that so very similar themes here with a different approach um and one one quote from punknews.org that i'll just share here that i thought sums things up well is uh, on the impossible past is about regrets memories lost friends lost love it's about being torn between wanting to hang on to the past and wanting to move into the future uh, so yeah, that is uh, that's the background that I've got for you. Beautiful, very <clears throat> succinct. I loved it. Wow, cool. Thank you, Andy. That's very kind. Um, so I would love to hear from you before we dig into the track by track. Uh, what you kind of think of this? This is I where I, this is where I get less kind. <laughs> <laughs> and this actually shows how much I love Steve because I'm like I know that he loves this. And I would, I would, like, really want to like it. But it was, eh, it was okay. Really? That's surprising. I thought, yeah, it was a wholly neutral experience for me. Like, hmm. like I, I chalk this up to if I was at a concert 
and they were there, you'd be like, dude, like, Lenzinger's man. And I'd like, if I heard two to three songs that I liked enough, I would, you know, I'd do the me thing of just buying an album there and then, you know, living with it for a minute. But just do doing a, a nice little listen through, um, admittedly, one and a half times. <laughs> I was just like, like, okay, like, I don't think they sound bad. I don't think, you know, like, I, it just wasn't doing anything for me. All right, all right. I'm kind of surprised. I thought there'd be something more for you in it, just based on some of the other bands I know you like. But, hey, even a broken clock is wrong most of the time, <laughs> as they say. You know, and that's that's how I refer to Steve often. They're like, how's Steve? I'm like, well, you know how broken clock... I can't unload it on anybody, so I'm stuck with it. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, and I was thinking, you know, like, if I were to maybe go see a show with them and say Sincere Engineer, I wouldn't be pissed. Oh, like, say, like, in April of 2022. Yeah, like, you know, and then maybe I I would recognize some more things. And, you know, sometimes, because I was listening to some sincere, uh, sincere Engineer, some retirement party, and I was listening to their album they put after the one we reviewed, and I thought it was fine, but if we had done that one first, I would have been like, ah, you know, I don't think I would have been as stoked. Whereas I was listening to some older stuff, I'm like, hell yeah, Retirement Party. So, you know, maybe I'd like the albums before this. Maybe I'd like the one after it, because they're more in whatever direction they were heading. So, mm-hmm. gotcha, I, I gotcha. think it's my love for you that's keeping me optimistic, <laughs> instead of, like, Fontaine's DC, where I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, well, and that, yeah, that that's a band that I was less surprised that you didn't like. But, um, anyway enough about our unreleased pilot episode that will never see the light of day no matter how much someone asks us for it and how much money they might give us to to bribe us to release it yeah that'd be crazy if someone just started <laughs> offering us money <laughs> yeah i definitely wouldn't do it for like five dollars per month for the rest of your life yeah when you hear this it'll be march but we're recording this in february so if you would like to send Mm -hmm. if you would like to if you still are like oh it's february and i haven't given money to a black person uh (laughs) give to this podcast (laughs) and i promise i'll let andy keep three-fifths of that five dollars that was clever (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) no that was funny and if you cut it out i'm gonna be so angry it's in all right um all right well uh, so my high level before we jump into the track by track, unsurprisingly, I really love this album. Um, so, I mean, just like sonically, musically, it's just my shit. I don't know. It's, you know, pop punk. Um, I think there's a lot of catchy riffs. Um, I think it's well recorded, well produced. Um, once again, I'm a sucker for the dual vocalist bands, even though I didn't know that was the case for the first several years of me listening to this band. Um, so Greg Barnett's vocals in particular, uh, he's the one that I think has more songs on this record. Um, but I'm, I'm really impressed by the way he can like seamlessly switch between sort of his clean, normal singing voice and then like the yelly screamy singing and that low growl like he'll do it just like from syllable to syllable word to word uh which i think is really effective and just really impressive like i sure can't do that i don't know if it's actually that difficult but damn impressive to me mm. Mm, mm-hmm. 
Um, and yeah, I think for me, the I think they're really good songwriters and storytellers. Um, once again, I was comparing it to Lucky Dacus, and uh, like while her songs um, were very much like telling a story very directly, like this happened, and then this happened, and then I said this, and then mm-hmm. you said that, and then I thought about this, and your mom said this. <laughs> like I think this is a bit more. Um, uh, abstract right like those kind of set like a a vibe and a mood right with way fewer yeah. words and it's it's a little more mysterious right um mysterious which, emotions <laughs> cryptic nothing... don't tell me about it up front that's not how we communicate <laughs> let's sulk in our feelings which nothing wrong well i think it leaves more room for the imagination and i think it makes yeah. it more clear relatable. clear communication is not needed in music <laughs> that's not i'm not that's not a bit yeah, that, yeah you yeah. know like you're allowed to be mysterious in music yeah well and i think and nothing wrong with the lucky dacus approach um i was using it as a point of comparison but i think when you leave it more vague it opens it up for more people in the audience to like latch on to something that they can relate to right like even if for like many of these songs i probably have had very few experiences that are the same as these people but people like oh yeah like i totally get what you're putting down man even though i don't get it at all <laughs> steve uh, uh, you've never experienced heartbreak you're saying you just didn't fall in love once and you're like nope 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 um i've never uh crashed an american muscle car into a ditch on sawmill road what about a japanese minivan no comment <laughs> um the the last thing i've always thought about this band is that and i think i mentioned this uh in relation to one of your picks recently but i love a song or a band that can make me nostalgic for something i did not experience (laughs) i just like love songs like that (laughs) Um, and i think this album in particular and this band in general are uh, really good at that so uh without further ado what say you we talk about uh talk about all the songs Dude, you know, I think if we talked about songs, that'd be, that'd make my list of good things. What a, I love the way they start this album. I've been having a horrible time pulling myself together <laughs> with that sort of, with that quiet guitar part, you know, just the guitar and vocals. Um, great intro for me. Yeah, I... I'm not going to lie. My notes are nothing because I was just like listening. I'm like, okay. And then I started talking to Alana. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, can't go back. <laughs> and I mean. I love your commitment to the show. I really do. You, it, it's been a rough week, man. Um, mm. But no, I, I think I was also shocked uh, on the top. That this, for some reason, I was expecting this to just be more like straight up punk, and it mm-hmm. wasn't. No. Um, I've been thinking of it as like adult contemporary punk. <laughs> yeah, because and like you said, there are points where I like, you know, it's very pop punky, but yeah. in a very adult way, you know. Yeah. Which is funny because I, I don't know how old they are, but one of the like retrospectives I read said that they were in their early twenties when they wrote this, um, which is interesting, and. I read somewhere else that this is a record that uh, is a young person's idea of what it feels like to get old, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> it is. Um, I will say that I, I was very. I'm 
this is like the well the drums were sick throughout you know like kind of comments where i noted Mm -hmm. it a few times but then just stopped i was very intrigued with their melodic writing um Mm. like their harmonies and their singing was much more singy than a lot of punk and not in the sense that you know like a lot of punk bands that we listen to don't like sing pitches you know it's just they seemed more conscious of the melodic content yeah you know yeah, I think definitely on the Greg songs, uh, I think Tom songs, he's much more just kind of belting it out, which is also good. But yeah, I think uh, I totally agree with what you're saying, especially on the Greg tunes. I just love the moment when he when he's going into the bridge that just when he screams out, yeah, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> just out of nowhere. It's like, uh, it just gets me so pumped up that the, we would take rides in your American muscle car. I felt American for once in my life. I never felt it again. Um just one of those things like once again it's just like uh setting that like vibe and that uh making me feel that nostalgia once again i've never i can't relate to that i didn't ride around in muscle cars and feel american once i feel american every day of my life (laughs) oh gross Uh, yeah so that's that's good things dude Hmm. the next song is called burn after writing no segue for that one. It's on the street and paperbacks and sacks and any call the sacks. This one, this, uh, I like this one. Like, if this was, I think the, I'm not saying this is a solid opening track, but if this was the mm-hmm. first one, I think it would have caught my ear more than mm. Good Things did. This is what I wrote. Giving me dashboard confessional vibes, but if they were harder. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, and then I listened. I'm like, all right, not bad. Solid, more pop punk emo harmony sounds with the vocals, which mm-hmm. I mentioned. And then I'm like, oh, it's kind of like a hard, simple plan. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. I love Simple Plan or like several of their songs. You know, yeah, there are moments. And then especially at like certain a certain age, Simple oh, yeah. Plan is very appropriate. And yes. you're like, this is. I know it was just giving me like that kind of vibe. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it did take me back to like that age, listening to these kind of songs. Like I could picture, um, fucking like Matt Skiba singing some of the shit and like sure. earlier Alkaline yeah. Trio or some Blink stuff. This was like, this is like in between Enema of the State and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, eighty two. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. Yeah, my notes in the song, um, I, li- I like the vocal melodies, uh, or sorry, vocal harmonies. It's a duet for much of the song, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, this is, One other thing about this record that I've noticed is even on songs where there's an element that I'm not too hot about, like, I don't love the hook on the song that much, but then they go into that bridge and it's like, every song has a thing where it's like, oh, I didn't love that, but then all of a sudden I'm hit with like the coolest thing I've ever heard <laughs> like since the last song. Like, so in that, so the bridge, like the, the what I'd give part, what I'd give to blah, blah, blah. Uh, I love that four on the floor bass drum with like the, the snare hits uh, for accents. And once again, it's really good uh, vocal harmonies. Dude, if you keep, if you keep talking like that, you're going to see your name in the obituaries. <laughs> Maybe I'm not done. saw that one coming a mile away 
No, you didn't. Mile away. Hmm. This one. Am I listening to it? Obviously. I, this is what I wrote. I like the chorus. Mostly in melody, not lyrical content. But also lyrical. <laughs> I will fuck this up. I fucking know this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but also like the lyrical content isn't bad. Then I did say the chorus could use gang vocals and harmony. <laughs> yeah, that could be cool. I could see that. But I mean, I th- yeah, I don't know. Again, a lot of the melody stuff for me is what did it for me. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoy the musical intro to this one. And one thing, several of these songs have pretty lengthy musical intros. Like this one's, I'm looking at right now, over 40 seconds before the vocals come in, which is pretty uncommon in punk tunes, I think, or punk adjacent tunes. Especially when they're like a minute and a half, two minutes long. It's like, ooh, that's over half the song almost. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, and none of the, I don't think any of these songs are quite that short, but no. um, I know what you mean. Um, I I but once again I really like that musical intro. I like that um, the it starts off with just the quarter note guitar hits, and then when the band comes in, it's a really nice riff that plays. Um, and I just get like goosebumps this song whenever the vocals come in on that first verse. Um, I think like what what you were talking about with the melodies, I think it just really for whatever reason hits me. This, there are many moments in this, uh, this song in, well, album, but this song in particular, it like took, it would take me back to like, I could picture like scenes of like movies of like my young, like, you know, not an American Pie type movie, but I feel like for our generation, it was like, that signified a certain era of like growing Mm -hmm. up in middle high school. So I'm just, yeah, it I don't know, it was making a lot of movie moments in my head. I'm like, All Interesting, right. interesting. Yeah, I'd be really good at scoring a movie if I just got to pick the music that was in it and I didn't have to write too much. <laughs> well, if you ever landed a gig like that, you might be as wealthy as Bill Gates. What do you think about Gates? Um, I liked the vibe, you know, like sometimes, you know, it was like a light 16th hi-hat groove, like, right, you know, it wasn't too heavy. I liked that. Yeah. And I really liked that. So that was an like intro-y thing, right? And then Mm -hmm. in between the first verses, um, and I, I liked that melodic, like musically a lot. That was my biggest note. (laughs) That's what I liked. (laughs) Um. Yeah, this song, oh, I have a shit ton of notes on this one. I don't think of this as one of my favorites, but um, this is another one where I don't um, love the hook, but like everything else, I'm like totally here for. Um, I love what the lead guitar does during the verses. Yeah, it's just doing these little doodle-doodle-doos like between the, the, the vocals. Um, I think it complements it well. And there's just some great lines in this, like, that opening line, I am the pain that beats through your temples every morning when you wake up, like, mwah, poetry. Um, <laughs> uh, another, once again, they are the masters of the bridge, another great bridge, uh, and an example of sort of that, like, less direct storytelling, more mysterious setting of the scene. I, I love the line. And they will make examples out of us, like when they caught you in the CVS parking lot. And I'm like, what happened? What happened in the CVS parking lot? I gotta know. 
fuck yeah, dude. Uh, that's that summer that they took us in like every other American. What does that What does that mean? Like what 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 did every American do? Why do you keep talking about? Why do you keep dropping the word American all the time? <laughs> oh, you're gonna love this note in like <laughs> fucking nine songs. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so excited. It's called in the mean- foreshadowing. <laughs> you have piqued my interest. Mm. I can't wait. Shall we talk about the next song? Called Ava House? Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to get high? You trying to get high? I like, you know, just like that, that just that unrelenting four that mm, com- like mm. is used throughout most of the track. Um, Very driving, the song. Very much a driving tune. I was like, aw, cute, singing about a venue. Um, Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think, you know, I can just picture them playing this and people are just fucking sweaty and stoked in the mosh mm. pot and they're just clapping. Mm. They're like, yeah, four on the floor. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's just, like you said. It's just it's a nice it's a nice vibe. Is that mm-hmm. driving? I'm like okay. I'm glad you like it. This is actually it's funny. This is like I didn't say I liked it. Favorite. I said it was driving. But you said it was a nice vibe. Yes, that's a compliment. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you're just I'm, you're uh, just you're like anything anything yes, positive is any like I can get. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't my favorite on the record. It's cool that it's like a a tribute to uh you know old punk house they used to play at. Um, I think it's well written, you know, kind of just describing all those crazy times at Ava House. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine, it's good, it's cool. Well, you know, you know what happens when you get fucking <clears throat> kicked out of a house. You gotta stay at the old Sun Hotel. apparently according to <clears throat> lyrics genius or just genius.com the home of all the lyrics geniuses in the world uh another kind of uh tribute to an important place to the band so the sun hotel i guess is or was a bar and hotel adjacent to their old practice space in scranton um so there's a connection there are you familiar with the song chelsea hotel by leonard cohen no okay no, so I'm like not. I am gonna. I'm obviously like a cool, sophisticated guy that knows all about Leonard Cohen and like all all his cool songs. Um, so I instantly recognized all the references to that song in this song. Um, so like, no big deal. That song also starts with "I remember you well" at the Chelsea Hotel. Did you have any notes on this song? Eh, is what I wrote. <laughs> I wrote that. Eh. Yeah. Um, I love the part about the corner of the world being the loneliest corner in the whole world. You really like those kind of lyrics, like the <laughs> what is like the saddest, slowest drink at the saddest the bar, saddest bar in the coldest winter in the best city. I'll never remember the name of that song. <laughs> That's a great song, but it's it's also just like sonically, I like the way it sounds. Like there's sort of a 
I'm probably not using this appropriately, but call and response between the vocals and guitar, right? He'll drop a line and the guitar will do a little. If I could just, again, have a super cut of every time one of us <laughs> sings something. That would be a lot of work since I haven't been doing it up to this point, but it's doable. All I heard is you're a lazy, lazy sack of shit. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, much like you. Um, you know, I enjoy this song. It's more fun to talk about things I like when I'm talking to someone that also is excited about it, and like you're just like looking at your phone and stuff. So I'm staring at you. I'm staring at my my notes. <laughs> oh, it's your okay. It's your notes. I take it all back. Um. um just, yeah, this this is probably the one that I care for least on the album. It tricked me with the little uh, acoustic up front. Mm-hmm. Different feel for sure. What I write, but I, I do like when it picks up about halfway through. Yeah, and it screams out, "I remember!" And I, then I said, "I like the punk middle section, and then the mm. more subdued punk outro." And then I, I <laughs> walk home single, seeing double. I was like, that, <laughs> "That's cute. That's a pretty good line." Pretty um. Good line. The like the vocal delivery was just reminding me of Against Me a lot. Mm, that's another artist that is definitely in the listener's future. That's one that I definitely want to hit before before we end this podcast next month. What? <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Steve <laughs> is growing tired. <laughs> it's time for me to lay down my microphone and pick up settle a down on a small farm upstate i don't know what do people do when they're done podcasting i think they just pick up mexican guitars i love this song i wrote "Eh," part two (laughs) (laughs) isn't this like your 10th "Eh"? in eight songs no um i this is the second one that i specifically used the words "eh." Mm. i think there are other songs where i used an unnecessary amount of words to basically say "eh." um well i will defend the honor of this song i love the opening guitar riff it's very i would say it's very good um that's my analysis and this is just a, a real heavy hit of nostalgia you know a song about an old lost friend wanting to get away potentially to mexico i'm unsure if that's because of the mexican guitars or unrelated unsure if that's to find the friend or just get away i like how genius lyric you know was talking about you know like our mexican guitars because it was talking like mm-hmm. the made in mexico fenders Sure. Which I was like, I don't give a fuck where it's made. I want a Fender. <laughs> but I mean, you know, whenever I troll Craigslist, because every like for the last year, I've been lackadaisically, you know, if I found a cheap Telecaster, I was going to buy a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wanted a Fender Telecaster, and most of the ones I see in the price range that I would even fathom paying, they're all like M I M, you know, like made in Mexico. So. The note I saw, and I did not look into this at all, is that they the ones made in Mexico sound better. I think that's what I was I have saying. No like, idea if there's 
anything was, to back that. I thought it was like better than Squire. Oh, is that what it yeah, was? Yeah, okay. so there it's like, but they're cheaper than, you know, the ones made in America. Gotcha, gotcha, I, gotcha. I still, also, I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I don't, you put it in an amp and then you can fuck with the sound. Mm, and, you know, mm-hmm. I've never had the ear to be like, oh, can you tell the difference between this maple and rosewood fretboard? No, I fucking can't. And neither can you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do a blind listening test on that. Right. But, uh, uh this actually, because I'm like, you know, re-listening to this a little bit right now. It's making mm-hmm. me think of Cartel. Did you ever know that band? I don't think so. I think no. they were a Christian band that like got into the mainstream. And I'm really only thinking of one song that I knew by them. But this mm. kind of sounds like it. Fascinating. Wow. I got to do a shout out to one line that I just love uh, when he's painting the scene of drinking with his friend on neighbor's porch steps. Our glossy eyes painted portraits of the streets. Come on, man. Our glossy eyes painted portraits. Man. Mwah. Second chef's kiss. Poetry. Poetry in motion. No. Yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> um, well, if I was recording a podcast right now, I would say that the album I was talking about was called On the Impossible Past. Genius lyric says it serves as an interlude. I agree. <laughs> hard to argue with that (laughs) i'm like well said um interesting that it you know is you know it's not super late but you know it's past halfway and i'm like yeah okay i do like that it goes into the next track you know i'm always Mm -hmm. i'm always a sucker for that that's nice yeah yeah it uh segues nicely into nice things um yeah i think it serves nicely as that interlude i like the callback to the first track with the 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 american muscle car and feeling american um i think it's interesting so i see a lot of notes and discussion that this album is like implicitly political you know and is about like disillusionment with the american dream and like i can kind of see where they're getting at with that like i don't think it's extremely political um but i do think that some of the repeated references to the idea of americanism i guess maybe (laughs) lends something to that um it is interesting though that you know so in the first song he talks about you know uh, thinking about when we would take rides in your american muscle car i felt american it is ironic that when we get to kind of see that ride it ends in a crash right <laughs> and so and may, maybe that does lend credence to the like political aspect yeah yeah but I, I think it serves its purpose um and uh yeah introduces us to the next song nice things Western was a jumbo screen at the gate. There's another um this is the only thing i wrote can't wait I like the just drums in the ending. <laughs> you would. But the uh and, and if I recall along with the drums there's like a uh dual vocal where they're singing different stuff, right? What do you call that? Like a La- layered vocals, I don't know. Sure, a layered um, vocals around if you will. 
not around. <laughs> you you learned one word <laughs> in uh in college and you stuck with it. Um mm. not even like a musical word. You're like, wow, this just sounds very uh radioactive. Uh <laughs> um, uh, this is there's a lot of mitosis happening with this with this app. Oh yeah, I'm glad someone said it. Um, <laughs> musically, it kind of made me think of like with the palm muting. It just made me think of like early Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I wasn't thinking Taking Back Sunday, but I see what you mean. I was gonna. This is one of the more once again punky feeling tunes on the record. I think Tom songs bring that more than the Greg tunes. Um. I think it's an interesting song on materialism, greed, Western colonialism, perhaps. Um, I like that track one was Good Things. We got Nice Things now. They have another song called Bad Things, which I think just completes the uh, Things trilogy. (laughs) 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 I love a good Things song. Um. Yeah, man, you want nice things, right? You yeah. want a Fender? I do I do? Don't need it. Just want it. Do you want to feel safe? No. Hmm. Danger is your middle name. It's John. <laughs> opsec, opsec. <laughs> dude. Uh, dude. You know what one of my favorite places to get pizza is? Uh, a place called uh, Mario Luigi's. Close. It's actually a gas station called Casey's. You get gas station pizza? Yo. <laughs> yo, up nexters, if there's a Casey's gas station, go get some of their pizza. It's life-changing is it like is it frozen pizza the take and bake or is it no prepared they, there? they make it there you get by the slice you get a whole pie what do you get well if you get, i mean you if you're fucking rolling in it you get a whole fucking pie <laughs> <laughs> i what mean style pizza are we talking what style pizza yo man it's just it's just like a regular fucking like hand toss hand tossed just a hand toss but where, it's just where, are, where is casey's i mean we had one in my hometown okay i didn't know if it was a chicago thing no, um, no, I actually saw more of them in Wisconsin, and there's, like, I I don't know, they're where I grew up. Uh, gotcha. And then there's some in Madison, and then there are some in, like, I haven't seen any in Chicago, but I've seen them in, like, DeKalb, so I assume they're around. Uh, but anyway, this next song is called Casey. <laughs> it sure is. Used to get high and listen to our boredom. I was like, all right. this is probably my favorite song on the record i love this tune oh let me share you my second thing after that i wait you for you foreshadowed something before and it never you never un you never uh, revealed it we have two more tracks don't worry oh shit okay anyway sorry what oh no so i i wanted to finish my entire note so let me start at the beginning used to get high and listen to our boredom nice lyric but eh (laughs) <laughs> this is um one of the best examples i think on the record of what i talked about at the top of the way this vocalist just like seamlessly goes from 
belting out and screaming lyrics and then going into his cleaner singing voice, which I just think is so cool to listen to. Um, yeah. Me and Casey used to get drunk before we did the dishes every evening. I'm like, yeah, I relate to that. I don't. But it makes me, it makes me feel feelings, man. He puts me in, he puts me in the zone. He incepts feelings into my cold heart. Didn't know how to react. <laughs> um, I can't seem to tell if you are sick of talking about this album yet. I said nice little halftime punk jam. It was giving me Sally from Help Desk vibes. Ooh, that is a reference that no one listening will get. <laughs> We should cover the help desk for one of these episodes. No, we sh- I all I remember like there were two I know demos come up before. There are yeah. two demos and I have one of them and each one is like five songs. I love how much they well we're on quite a tangent. I love how much they commit to their bit of being like the IT support desk. Yeah. Both on the records and in live concert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love I love a band that has like a a gimmick and really commits to it. Uh anyway, I can't seem to tell. Um, stanky ass bass work in the verses. I like that uh, in, in the verses where it's just vocals, drums, and bass. There's some disgusting stuff happening there, which I really enjoy. Um, and my favorite moment of the song, less lyrically, but more just ba- based on the way it's delivered, is once again where the counting up top. No, well, I like that too. But like when the guitars drop out and it's just the bass and drums again, and he says, "Remember the days when I had a conscience?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah me neither. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of corny, but uh, it works for me. Do you ever? Um, never mind. This, <laughs> n- this next one's called Freedom Bridge. Um. And this is the one I was alluding to, where I was just like, we get it. The American dream is a hoax. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought this was a, I thought this was a nice storytelling song. Like, you know, uh, nice imagery. Well, not nice imagery, but, you no, know, like. Well it, done. It was very well done. Um, <clears throat> so this was more of a lyrical win for me. Nice. That was very. Yeah. Um. It's a real bummer of a song. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> and, and like, it's interesting because a lot of the other tracks, like, you know, it's kind of an emo record, so it's about, like, feelings, right? And generally not great ones. But then this one's, like, super heavy, <laughs> like a, a different kind and a much more serious level of heavy than everything else in the record. Um, but, yeah, I mean... It uses a lot of toms, which just is, like, inherently mm. majestic to me. So I was like, this is a triumphant, sad ending. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you. Like the way it was written, it's just very, it, 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 uh, it's very affecting. Like it's very tragic, especially the Amy the Waitress and Specialist Jeg. McTiernan, I don't know. He seems like he might have been a bit of a crook. So I, I feel less bad for him. <laughs> Is that bad? Is that bad? No. Um, but yeah, I mean, it tackles some like the 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 waitress hooked on pills and the uh the veteran coming back and you know struggling with PTSD and stuff like that covers some uh un- 
unfortunately all too common issues in our society. It sucks, but I think it's like you said, well written, really affecting. Um, yeah. I um. So you know the chorus, which um again, this is I, and this isn't like a note to be like, oh, they really fucked over. I'm like, man, this would have just gone over the edge for me if they uh during some gang vocals and it just ended with them like screaming that you know um but i did like whenever you know the refrain of the refrain you know like something happened mm-hmm. on the way to hell it was because of how he sang it it was just like something happened on the way away oh. <laughs> and, and i'm just yeah. like and i'm just like i i think i hate I, when something happens on the way to way oh. yeah like dude thank god genius is in front of me because i i'm not <laughs> A hundred percent sure I could have discerned you were singing words, <laughs> and I mean, you know, uh, yeah. a lot of the music I listen to, a lot of the bands, I'm like, I'm I, I confidently sing along with the song, and then I'll mm-hmm. look up the lyrics. I'm like, well, I could not have been more wrong. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, that because I was just like, this song is a bummer. But then it'd get to the chorus, I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is <laughs> funny but sad. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, that's it. That's all the songs. We did it. This wasn't as painful for me as you think it might have been. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, well, I might have lied. This might be a long episode again. Jesus. Um, do you have any closing remarks? Oh, we have to choose a rating scale, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, well, that kind of goes in, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we got to choose a scale. Um, uh, American Muscle Cars. It's um, on my list. Of, yeah. Uh, Mexican Guitars. I'm trying to just guess everything that's on your list. Um, Way to Way, way Awayos. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. Right? Way Awayos was on my list. <laughs> Sun uh, so Hotels. I, so I have Good Things, Nice Things, Horrible Times, and American Muscle Cars. Okay, my two choices are, and then you have to decide between the two. Okay, it's, I w- yes, sir. It is, it's either Wayoweos, which I'm not kidding, that is on <laughs> the table, or American Muscle Cars. I'm going American Muscle Cars. Okay, that was a bad choice. And mm, because you. you went that route, I'm going to give this... <laughs> <laughs> Um, God, I don't want to be swayed by my love for you. I want to be. Don't. I want to be on. Don't. All right. I'm, I think I gotta just stick at a a, a solid two point five. Wow. Just neutral. Holy. I thought you liked me. It, you told me not to have that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I'm gonna rate it. Uh, without further elaboration, a four point five out of five. I love this album. It is damn near perfect for me, but not quite perfect. All right, Andy. I would like you to assign me and every one of our listeners some homework for next episode yo we're gonna check out it is what it is by thundercat Ooh, you have talked about thundercat before right yeah yeah i was torn if i wanted to do his album drunk or this one but we're gonna go with this one this is his most recent release this is very strange so i 
Well, maybe it's not very strange. I typed in Thundercat as one word in my note, and it auto-corrected to T-H-U-N-Z-D-E-R-C-A-T. Thunzer? <laughs> yeah, like, why is that what it auto-corrected That's to? That's weird. Um, anyway, uh, what kind of music is Thundercat? Amazing. Uh, he's okay. he's a bassist. I don't know if I've said that. Um, his name is Thundercat? His name is Thundercat. Um, hmm. God, I forget what his it's real a, name it's is. It's a French-ass name. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, Thundercat. Uh, he's super dope. He is super talented. He's so funky. Like he's so talented. One of the I've, I, I, he plays a six string. Um, Show off. Yeah, and but he's he's so technically proficient. He is. Like, he does all this stupid shit, and he's kind of like a goofy guy, but he is so chopsy. Um, um, so is this... What what genre of music is this record? Bass? <laughs> it's, it's a bass oh, record. God, I, I don't know, man. It's fucking... Is it funk? Like, R, yeah, like R&B kind of funk, kind of... Soul. Soul. I mean, honestly, right? If, if I had to... If I had to qualify it, I would just blanket term every black genre. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, I feel, but you know, I, like he. I, we've talked about this before that like every um, black artist that you've picked so far, like the genres are all like hip hop, R and B, soul, funk. Right, because it's like he's he's just one of those. It's like he pulls from all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, what does he do? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, like a lot of like some of his stuff you could say is like jazz, but it doesn't mm. sound like traditional jazz. Yeah. It's what jazz is kind of becoming. Uh, or to say it's more about the notes you don't play. You paid attention in <laughs> class, I see. All right. Well, looking at my checklist, we have talked about the album. We have talked about all the songs. We have rated the album. My favorite thing too is I imagine it is a last checklist you oh, have yeah, on a whiteboard, and you're just like, okay, we have done. This. Yeah, we rated the album. You have assigned us homework. Um, I will now direct the listeners to uh, check out Andy's other shit, which is all in our show notes which you should read diligently every episode. Um, but aside from that, uh, it feels like a podcast. Are we done here, Andy? I think we're done here. All right. Um, <clears throat> well, um, goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. And um, just remember, happiness is just a moment. Just a moment. I am sad. Let's crash a car. But do go back.